Good afternoon. What is up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem, and you are listening and watching Untold Stories, where twice a week I get to dive deep with you, and we get to talk to some of crypto's most influential leaders and the coolest people in the room, the brightest crayons in the box, and the ones who will really help us understand why we're here and where we're going, not just with the price of crypto, but the stories and understand the future. What's going to happen in the year 2035? What's going to happen in the year 2140? And why do those two years have such an important aspect in the history of Bitcoin and crypto? Well, we're going to find out on today's episode. We're going to find out on all my episodes. And I'm excited to be joined today by Mick Mall. Mick, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. You are the partner at Comstar International, and you guys have four offices around the world. And when we when when we started talking, I was very intrigued because what you guys do is not just help people establish e-residency in places like Estonia, not just help companies all over the world with compliance, regulatory, um, with getting specific licenses and specific uh, companies, infrastructure, really kind of being that that underbelly for the 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 crypto industry that we know it today but then you know you started this thing in 2017 and you've written uh actually you were you've written a few books navigating through cryptocurrencies introduction investing ico scams and interviews and you also wrote another book called security tokens the next crypto mega trend or just an empty hype and and for all intents and purposes you know 2017 2018 2019 we're entering this like huge globalized world. All these countries are starting to offer e-residency, digital nomad visas. Uh, borders are being taken down. People are caring less about borders or where they're from. They care more about the quality of life of where they're living. And then COVID hit, coronavirus. And we are locked down to the places, to these arbitrary borders that for hundreds of years we thought was stupid. These borders were created by people who drew lines on a map after various wars, right? And now we are stuck on lockdown around the world in these places, uh, whether they're their cities or villages or counties or countries, whatever, and we're having to, to be more looking inward again. So my question to you, because you're constantly working in a globalized world, are you nervous about that? Are you nervous that the world will be looking inward in, in the post-coronavirus Whereas before we were moving towards such a globalized, equalized world where it didn't matter who you were or where you're from or your sexual preference or the color of your skin, those things stopped mattering pre-crypto, pre-COVID. And now we're like kind of going more into inward world. Do you fear that? I, I don't think that I fear that um, at all. Um, especially when, as, as we are serving a lot of these digital nomads and e-residents that are coming to us, uh, us to help them with setting up the companies and, uh, and um, kind of serving the freelance market, then I don't see any slowing down on that end. So I don't think that would change. Um, I don't think the lockdowns, of course, will last for, forever uh, either. So um, I, I don't think that people will... Uh, will kind of embrace uh, all of a sudden uh, being in lockdown and, and uh, in, in this inward world. So I, I don't see that happening. 
at least uh, I haven't seen it uh, happening when I look at what's how our how our business has been going in the last year or so. So uh, I, I don't think that's that's the case really. In the past year or so, how has your business changed? Uh, you launched a company called Bank Apply that allows people to apply. You you're a, a bank matching engine, allowing people to choose the perfect European bank for them. How has your business changed in the past year or so? Yeah. Well, when it comes to Bank Apply, then um, we launched it because we are helping a lot of crypto companies. And as everybody in this industry knows, that banking is an issue. And it's it, the idea behind Bank Apply was to help these high-risk uh, companies to find banking partners because on one on one side, there actually is uh, supply as well, but it's uh, it's not easy to find these options. So uh, we kind of tried to match banks and uh, and high high risk merchants and uh, non residents, etc. Everybody who has higher uh, higher risky higher risk profile with suitable banking options. But uh, on 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 kind of the other end of the business, I don't think it has changed a lot because even before COVID hit, we don't have any kind of uh, strict uh, policy of you having to be in the office all the services we provide are online i haven't seen any uh, drop in demand so uh, it's it's been pretty stable actually and um, of course now with the uh, recent bump in crypto prices it seems that the demand is going up instead of going down so uh, it's it's been very stable and we're very happy happy about that what is estonian e residency what does that mean I understand residency if I physically live in a place and I'm a resident of that place. There are certain, there's like a legal term to resident. And by a resident, you know, you prove your residency by showing uh, a bill for water, you know, water or electricity. You live in that place, you prove you're a resident there. Therefore, you have access to uh, voting for city commissioners or a mayor, et cetera. You have a say in the civic involvement of that town. What does that mean to be an e resident? Yeah, I mean, I guess the Estonian e-residency team could have chosen a better name for that, although it does get some attention, right? Um, because it has uh, raised a lot of questions from e-residents like, okay, do I actually get residency in, in your country or how does it work? Um, in reality, it's just a digital ID. Uh, and when I say digital ID, it's a tool to open and manage your Estonian company, which you can do uh, remotely uh, from anywhere, everywhere in the world. So. Uh, the target group of people for e residency are digital nomads traveling around the world who don't have any concrete uh, uh, place, for example, where they live for years. Uh, and and it's also targeted targeted for uh, for online companies because it's just a very convenient way to manage your business. But e residency doesn't create any sort of tax residency. It doesn't mean anything, uh, or doesn't affect your real residency in any way. It's just a tool, and it's a great marketing uh, campaign for by the Estonian government. Um, and the residency was built on already existing ID infrastructure that we have in Estonia, uh, because in Estonia everything is kind of digitalized. When we look at the Estonian economy, we have uh, tax returns, uh, company management, um, public uh, transport, uh, healthcare system, uh, education. Everything is digitalized. Yeah. 
So, of course, people still go to school, but everything is, uh, all the records, everything, uh, the homework, everything is digital where parents can access, etc. And we have had it for a long time. I mean, we already had it when I was uh, going to the school. So that that's like 15 years ago. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Are there um, yeah, any and, side and, uh, effects? Um, do you mean side effects by kind of security or, or things like that? Well, what, what were actually, what were you going to finish saying? I apologize. I interrupted you. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to add, which might be an interesting fact, is that the Estonian uh, ID ID system uh, is is built uh, on on uh, very very early blockchain technology, which is called KSI blockchain. It's developed by one Estonian uh, company, and later they have exported this technology to different Wait, governments what? around the world. Say that again. It's KSI uh, blockchain. Um, you can, if you Google it, you can find it and. Uh, so and this read is more what about the Estonian it. e-residency is built on? Yeah, the Estonian uh, ID card, uh, ID system, basically. Because we all have our all, all ID and everything on one. one what? ID card. Why didn't I know this? So, K- E-Estonia. So if you go to e-estonia.com, KSI is a blockchain technology designed in Estonia and used globally in 2007. So how is it called a blockchain if it was created in 2007? Yeah, it's something I can't tell you. Uh, I don't know. This is, but then you, but okay. So, th- so, so when you go to e-estonia.com, your whole country's managed digitally. Your e-identity, interoperability services, e-land registration. So land registration, population registry, e-law, e-justice, e-police, health records, e-ambulance, i-voting, mobile parking. E bank, e school. This is great. So you're, so this whole country is essentially extremely digital, and the people that live within it. Now there has to be negative side effects. What are the the negatives here? Like how has this been? Are there any parts of this that people like look at as like that that don't like about this, or has this mm-hmm. caused issues or problems in the past? Yeah, um, it has. Um, one thing I would uh, like to add before I go to the issues is um, I believe that Estonia managed to build a uh, country up like that was because of the timing, uh, meaning, you know, the Russian tanks left Estonia at the beginning of the 90s. And, and then there was time when it was pretty chaotic, uh, when the regulations were being uh, drafted, etc., and uh, and because it's a small country, then in the early two thousands, we we don't we didn't have regulations upon regulations that needed to be changed in order to op, uh, in order to implement these digital solutions, right? So uh, I think uh, the timing was uh, important factor, and and we probably had some innovative people as well because we we do have neighbors uh, that did not do it or did not go to this uh, digital direction. But when we go to the issues, uh, then voting. Like, um, it has been, you know, there are always a part of society who thinks that uh, votes coming through um, online voting uh, aren't uh, truthful, aren't secure. It's always, uh, you know, it seems like one one party gets uh, the most votes uh, through uh, online voting. So they, they are skeptical that is it, is it actually, you know, uh, all honest or, or are these votes manipulated in any way? 
So there are these doubts. Nothing has been proved. Um, so, but uh, of course, you know, there are always winners and losers when, when it comes to voting. And, and we know, you know, the, the situation in America the, with, with this, this yeah. voting as well. So, so that's one thing. And also, of course, the, there's always the question of security, right? Is it, is it secure? Can, can it be hacked? We have uh, Russia next to us. And there are all, always these doubts that, you know, what if, what if something happens? So for many of the countries that Bittrex Global serves, there's no easy way for investors to purchase stocks like Apple, Tesla. In fact, just the other day, I personally wanted to get involved in the Airbnb IPO, but I couldn't. There's no way to get tokenized stocks. Or is there? This will be the first and only way that Bittrex Global customers can access the U.S. stock market and legally own U.S. stocks from anywhere in the world tokenized stocks it is so cool so these shares are tokenized and it's possible to buy like a fractionized portion of a stock so for example like berkshire hathaway i think trades at three hundred thousand dollars a share now through bitrex global you can actually just buy three hundred dollars worth or five hundred dollars worth or even one dollars worth of a stock and then these tokenized stocks are legally bound to the stock itself and it trades exactly like the stock does. It's beautiful. It's actually what blockchain is supposed to do. It's why we're here in the first place. It's This is bringing about the next level of these like credit and capital markets. And it's allowing global people uh, all over the world to, to, to participate in some of the coolest companies that are based in America today or even companies around the world. Like I could see so many different applications of this one utility. Um, stocks on the U.S. stock market only trade between like 9.30 a.m. and 4 p.m. Just the other day I had to Google that because I don't even know that. But because these assets are tokenized, they're going to trade 24 hours a day. And not only that, like individual stocks, but investors can also invest in the whole like S&P 500. Uh, they can get into the, uh, all these indexes uh, just through Bittrex Global's tokenized stock. It's so cool make sure you check out global.bitrex.com forward slash discover forward slash tokenized dash stocks we're gonna have it in our show notes this is one of the front-running new on the front lines application of blockchain technology and you guys are gonna have so much fun with it if you think you can predict the most accurate price for bitcoin on february 1st 2021 my sponsor bit casino is offering the 10 closest predictions, a big Bitcoin price pool. You heard that right. If you are within the top 10 people to predict the closest price to where Bitcoin is going to be on February 1st, 2021, you will win Bitcoin. The information is in the show notes. My sponsor, BitCasino, they are amazing. They are offering it from now until January 28th when the promotion ends. Every day, they're only allowing 25 predictions to be had. So it's not like a lot of people can get in there. Remember, prediction, February 1st, 2021. It ends January 28th. I'm literally going to go in there and do it right now. There's no reason not to. BitCasino, my sponsor, link in the show notes. Check it out. I love how, like, Russia became the de facto hackers of the world. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the Russian hackers. Like, well, I'm, Amer I'm a good hacker. I'm American. I can't, can't have American hackers try to break it. Yeah, well, somebody, somebody has to be, you know, somebody has to. Someone be. has to be the bad guy or whatever. I yeah, guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, before before crypto, what type of other people were interested in in something like e-residency? What type of industries do you see? So, like, you look at 
all your business and you say, well, we have a lot of crypto people. What else, what other industries are, are just like us? Do you have like medical technology yeah. folks that travel around the yeah. world? Well, we do have, we do have cybersecurity folks quite a lot. We have uh, SaaS businesses, uh, IT consultants, uh, and a lot of e-commerce businesses. But there are more. It's, it's not only about e-residency. There are other benefits of um, Estonian um, business environment that come into play. And one of the things is cost effective, effectiveness, right? For example, if you're a German uh, entrepreneur and you're starting your e-commerce business, you want to sell on Amazon, then it is cheaper and more cost-effective and a lot less bureaucracy to start the business in Estonia instead of Germany. Mm. So, and, and the same applies to France, Italy, Spain, Greece. So um, all these kind of old European countries have a lot of bureaucracy. And, uh, and the second, uh, second part of that is taxation, right? Estonia has been number one in the uh, tax competitiveness index for seven years in a row, I, I believe. Uh, we don't have corporate tax. So if I make 100,000 US dollars profit per year, it's not taxed unless I take, unless I take the money out of the company, right? So, and that's, that's a pretty big thing, considering that in neighboring countries, you may have to pay 25% or something like that each year, even if you don't distribute any money. So uh, there are other benefits why uh, why entrepreneurs are coming here, and of course we have you know Russia, Ukraine uh, nearby with similar cultures, and they they're opening up opening up their companies in Estonia if they are selling to European markets because it's a lot easier to buy from uh, from an Estonian company that is part of the EU uh, versus buying from Ukrainian company or Ukrainian freelancer. So Estonia yeah. is one of those countries that realized very early on that they could be that European. Estonia realized that they could be a European arbitrage jurisdictional bridge for the rest of Europe and its citizens. And what I mean by that is that Estonia realized, and tell me if I'm wrong, that Estonia realized that they could provide all these services that citizens or residents want and need but do it in the most efficient, transparent, digital way. And then because they can provide all those services to the rest of Europe because the EU exists, it allows them to, to have enough of a market to grow. I'm just looking now, the, the Estonian GDP is going by 8% in the past year. Estonia is nearly energy independent. You guys supply over 90% of your own electricity internally. It's, it's insane. The the growth of the, the distribution and employment. It's not just one sector. It's not like you look at the Cayman Islands and they just have banking. You look at like Delaware, you, Estonia has a very diverse economy, which is very, very, very interesting. Yeah, but of course, as a, as a small country, we are still kind of dependent on being an attractive business environment, uh, both for entrepreneurs and investors. Um, but yeah, you know, some things that people usually don't know about Estonia is, for example, Skype was built in Estonia by Estonian engineers, right? Uh, the founding engineering team yep. was Estonians. TransferWise, one of the biggest fintechs in uh, Europe, is founded by Estonians. Then there is another unicorn fintech uh, in UK that is founded by Estonians. Pipe Tribe uh, mm -hmm. is founded by Estonians. So there are a lot of uh, those success cases that fuel. It's it's kind of you know like like in Silicon Valley, you you you, you have these great companies, then investors come, then the talent comes, and and that's that's kind of a flywheel effect that you get out of that. 
So we have that, of course, on a lot, a lot smaller scale, but it's, it's kind of working at the moment. What do they teach you in your schools? Like, what, what are you learning growing up that other countries don't teach their students in their schools? I have no idea. I have never, well, you know. That, yeah, that question is kind of difficult. In a sense, what, what I'm trying to look for is like, okay, let me give you an example. I was speaking to someone once and he said, you know, my country, we speak better English than the rest of, than the Balkans. That's where, that's where I was talking to him. And I said, why? He said, well, it, for us, we learn English. Instead of listening to TV, we read subtitles because our language was not big enough for them to overdub the audio and to have like someone like translate, you know, like and do like audio of your. So we just had subtitles. And because we're reading subtitles, we're learning English much better than someone in France who's or Germany who's hearing English by audio. And I said, well, it's actually very intriguing. I didn't realize that. And I did the research and I found out that it's actually true. So I guess in Estonia, everyone I talk to, you're has the same mentality over like borders don't really matter in that sense of like, like e-residency. You guys have the same mentality. Is it, is it in your culture or is it something that you guys learn from school? Or is it the fact that, uh, you, your, your whole country and, and the whole industry is built on like bringing in people from the outside? Hmm. Well, I, I think for, for one thing, when we talk about the success of, of of companies or entrepreneurs i guess i guess they are celebrated a bit more than for example maybe in in uh, finland uh, or mm. or or maybe in latvia latvia but it's but i think there are more things to that and i i really haven't thought about it uh, so i i'm just you know thinking as i speak um but one of the reasons is that our domestic market is so small that it doesn't make sense to build anything for estonian domestic market so, but if you're building for international market, then you have to build a competitive products because you have so many competitors. So, um, you are you are entering into into this tough competition from the very beginning. I also think that part of it is um, part of it is um, related to the fact that we haven't been a free country for too long. So we we haven't had these luxuries for too long, right? Um, so um, it. it it might be that uh, you know you, you have more hunger to build up your life if you have seen uh, you know Nothing. if you have been yeah yeah if you have been in the Soviet Union and then you have this all these opportunities and everybody are trying to make the best of it so uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that's also what what matters but to be honest living in Estonia for all my life and as an Estonian you don't really you know you don't really make the or can make the comparison between any any other country because you just haven't experienced it. So I guess it's a bit difficult for me to uh, reply why. Uh, why okay, we, uh, so let but me I ask. Do, you, I do, yeah, I do think the, that. Sorry, I, I I do think that the reason that we have had so many successes and and uh, kind of this uh, um, orderless thinking is uh, the big part of it. Thanks, thanks, thanks to the Skype. Uh, it was so early success story and in a so small country and that kind of fueled people that, okay, we can actually do it. And they started investing their money when they, when they made their exit and, and this fueled a lot of new startups. So I do think that that, that has a lot, lot to do with, uh, with the successes that we've had. If you go home to your mother and you say, mom, I'm a doctor or a lawyer, or you say, mom, I'm a successful business person with a hundred employees. What would your mom be more proud of? 
Oh, definitely the business owner. Okay, so here, my mother would be would rather doctor lawyer. So I think it's a fundamental understanding, and and it's value creation in your country. Value creation is seen as like actually creating value for all of us together, like growth. You said the early Skype, you know, people saw that you can, that this little Estonian country can, can, can change the perception of global value creation. Like what we can do, we're, the technology that we're using right now is built on the technology of Skype. Like it, it's all goes back. So maybe it's like a view of, of value of like, what is more important? Creating jobs for other people. I'll say that lawyers and doctors don't, but it's like, maybe it's like a, a different view. I don't know. We can, we can dissect it a little bit more and, and kind of unpack it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know either. I also think that different mothers have different, uh, yeah. pref- you know, it's, it's my mother that would appreciate more the, uh, the business option, I guess. Um, but I also think that, for example, in the U.S., if you are a doctor or a lawyer, then um, uh, you, you also make a lot more money, right? True. So uh, in Estonia, doctors, they are, they are not living nearly on, on that kind of life as you do if you're a doctor in the U.S., oh, for really? example. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's for sure. And uh, I mean, if you really, really kind of want to make money and be wealthy, then you have to be a business owner in Estonia. There, there's no other way. How has uh, the coronavirus been in Estonia? Actually, it was pretty good until uh, December because the restaurants were open, etc. But yeah. then they closed it down. And now the lockdowns are until 17th of January. So, uh, and then we'll see whether they will continue or not. But it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's fine, I guess. We don't have any, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the hospitals are functioning, etc. So I, I guess it's fine. It's really such a such an interesting thing that happened over the course of the past year. How do you see like the future? What do you see the future twenty twenty two and the future for your business and for you personally? Yeah, well, for the business, we are heavily investing into technology and uh, building out our own softwares, etc. So uh, we we want to go full SaaS basically, and uh, we at the at the moment it's it's a hybrid service, but we we would like to have a full SaaS business as well. So. And that's what we are building for, uh, for freelancers, uh, e-residents, digital nomads. So that's where we are moving towards to. Um, well, on the other side of the business where we are helping companies with crypto licensing, this depends on uh, demand, right? Yep. Um, I do think that um, there will be a lot more decentralized exchanges and decentralized exchanges by nature, they, they probably aren't obtaining any, any licensing. So um, that that might affect uh, that part of the business for us, but I, I think we'll be fine uh, on most cases. For me, I'm always uh, looking for for opportunities, uh, what to do next. So uh, as it stands at the moment, it's it's also happening where I'm kind of looking what to do next and uh, whether there's an interesting uh, crypto projects to join, perhaps, and so forth. Because sure. at, at the moment, I'm not. I'm not actively advising clients anymore. I'm just, you know, I founded the company and there are different people that are working on. What's your favorite thing to advise? What's your favorite type? Of, I mean, I have hundreds of companies who are listening to the show right now. Hmm. What do you like to do? What's your favorite thing that motivates you about work? 
I love doing this show. It's one of the things I love doing. I like writing, to be honest. Do you uh, like writing? I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not claiming I'm, I'm good at it, but I do like writing, and uh, that's that's something that I've done a lot uh, last year. When it comes to advising companies, I guess I like uh, advice about things where I know something. So uh, when it comes to Estonian yeah, regulations or anything like that, then that's 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 where I can be useful. Um, yeah, a lot of things I would leave to people that know know more about about things that I don't. Well, that's that's like my favorite thing here. One of the reasons I started this show was that I could kind of learn things from other people because it's hard to to learn from a lot of people, especially in the past year, but to like sit and have conversations about like what you know, what you're good at, and then what I can learn, but also like what the what the listeners can learn. And so what the, one of the things that the listeners are learning from the show is that, hey, there's this whole country out there that does everything digitally, that everything from police to the court system to voting to your prescription drugs to your to your identification, it's all done digitally. And it's been that way since at least 2007. And it's been working really, really well and everyone's happy. And now that is decentralization, but it's also centralization because it's managed by like one company in one country, I guess. So I guess the question is, or one of my last questions to you, do you ever see something like this being moved to a decentralized system for more security purposes, transparency? I don't that would solve like that, voting, you know, that would solve like yeah, voting. Yeah, maybe parts of it, but I don't see that a government wants to give away any control over any system. To, uh, so yeah, I, don't see, I, don't see, I don't see that happening. But um, Estonian government has built some sort of roadmap to export the technology that they have built to other countries. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how it works exactly, uh, but I know that they're doing that. It's, of course, it's not decentralized. Uh, no country would buy that. But um, yeah, I, I, think, I think there will be a lot more countries probably having similar setups, but it also means a lot of changes to regulations, et cetera. And, uh, you know, the, the, the um, incumbents that are sitting under positions, yeah. they don't want technology to take away what they, what they have. So. What's your government like? like uh, and pardon my ignorance here, but uh, who, who makes up your government? Is it more older people, younger people, more women, men? Like, what's, what's that look like? Yeah, I, I... Do, you, do you feel that your country is run by old people? Because I feel like where I live in Florida, I can't, like, you know, we can't have a nightclubs open past like 11 o'clock because it's too noisy. <laughs> Just to give you an example. Yeah, it's um, it's not all old people. There are young people and old people. There's definitely a lot of young people there now as well. Mm, one, I don't like that term, old. You're right. I shouldn't have used that. Yeah. Term. Um, but it's actually actually just today morning the government stepped down because of the huge corruption scandal. So we'll see who will be in the next government. How can um, you have a corruption scandal when everything is transparent on the internet? Oh well, you can you can have a corruption scandal. <laughs> it's it's about um, money, of course, aid going through governmental organization to a big company here, and you know things like that. They they happen in every every country. So uh, oh yeah, I'm seeing these articles. This is very new. This is like an hour ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they it, it just happened. So it's interesting to see what will happen uh, next. So hopefully it will go fine. 
Wow. There's so many crazy developments. Um, Mick Mall, thank you so much for, for joining the show. This has been such an interesting uh, discussion on, on e-residency and crypto and, and all these different topics. Hey, um, you, you've written a lot. You've written a few books and things like that. How can my listeners find you and, and find your writing so they can read it? I guess the easiest is to uh, connect, me, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, the second thing is uh, our blog at eResident.me. Um, yeah, and I have these ebooks on Amazon as well, but uh, they are now a couple of years old, so I'm probably pretty embarrassed about these. So. No, it's fine. At least you've yeah. written something. I have to write something. Later. Yeah. Soon. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. <laughs>